Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making HawkFanatic.com brought to you by Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids, the Oxyokin and the Amanas, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, Hurtine and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City, Big Dog Satellite, Internet and Solar, don't call an 800 number, call Kevin, call his crew at Big Dog, a Premier Dish Authorized Retailer at 338-6600. Supel's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROSE. Patrick Eads and his staff at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln. Hawkeye Title and Sediment, Mr. Steve Anderson. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. And GT Car and his great crew at Supel Sighting and Remodeling. Joining Mr. Suter, it's Pat Hardy from HawkFanatic.com. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Cap. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. How are you? Um, You're I'm, breathing? I'm breathing. I can say that. I'm about how I usually am when I come in here. So, a little bit tired? Not really that tired today. I'm okay. Dejected? Just, humiliated? No, not <laughs> nothing like that. Just uh, let's, let's... Cranky? Let's get through it. No, we have um, a couple guests today. We're going to have Ken Grabinski coming in. He's calling in around 9.15 to talk about the reunion of the 1970 Big Ten Champion right. men's basketball team, of which he was a member, and... Um, they're going to be honoring that team at the football game on Saturday. Of course, they would have done it last year, but there was COVID, right. so you couldn't. That, God, it's been 50, 51 years That's since. crazy. And I know that team brings back bittersweet memories for you, Tom. Oh, so the best memories, but also the, the, the lowest. Do you know Ken personally? I mean, I, I've met him a Okay, few so, times, yeah, no. so you'll, yeah, so you'll, you'll be able to. Oh, sure. But, yeah, he's calling in, and then at 10, we're going to have former Iowa linebacker Mike Humpel call in and we're gonna have him talk about the iowa defense we, we had an interesting conversation talking to him the other day about it and then of course he helped get a tory ewan into all-star wrestling i tried to get a tory on during this time slot but he we just couldn't make it work he just had three other interviews mike explained he just couldn't what i was trying to do and we he has both numbers in case something does change i wanted a tory to call in when we had mike on that's what he wanted to do but we just couldn't we just couldn't get it to work times because well, that's too bad i mean he's um got pre um pre-scheduled interviews i mean he is the world champion and wrestling world champion I'm, and i guess he's just been swamped yeah with interviews and yeah oh, we just, I imagine. Couldn't, just couldn't make it work between 11 and 11 30 his time that's when he would have that's when we were trying to do because that would have been 10 10 30 our time but but mike can talk about how they got him involved in that and then um 
talk about the great Iowa defense, how well it's playing right now at the linebacker. I'd be curious to see what Mike thinks of like Jack Campbell and Seth Benson. I mean, he used to be one of those guys mm-hmm. as a starter here at linebacker. He was a dandy, too. No, he was a good linebacker. He played on Especially some as a senior, he was yep, now he's out. Now he's a chiropractor in town. Well, not, well yeah, North Liberty's yeah, in town, it's right? in town. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you say in town, yeah. Um, yeah. Chiropractor. So if you guys have any pains or anything, I've never. A lot of pain. Have you ever used a chiropractor? Yes. I never have. I know people that have. I know people younger. I have once. For what, your back? Yes. Did it work? No. Let him know. <laughs> no, it almost killed me. <laughs> so did you pay for it? <laughs> so, yeah. So you got you spent money and then it got worse? A lot worse. I went to one when I first was having problems. Uh, I went to Dr. McDonald. Oh, you're good. And he uh, said, look, I... He took x-rays and stuff. He said, look, you've got arthritis, and here's where it's starting, and I can't do anything for you. So he was honest with you. Yeah, he was honest with me. And then uh, our sales rep had a client, and she sent me to the client, and the client puts these electrodes on my freaking back, (laughs) and I jumped up five feet and ripped them off and left. And now you're just dealing with arthritis. Yeah. So what did you do in your case? Did you complain? Well, I... No, because I, I figured it was just, well, this will get better in a few minutes, and it didn't. Problem was, I had a slip disc, and they they didn't think that. They said, you just need an adjustment. So they gave me an adjustment, and I almost went through the ceiling with the pain level. Then eventually you had to have surgery. Yes. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hey, Karen. I'd like to... I'd like to see you jump five feet. Oh, (laughs) or ten. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, talk about a sad situation. All year long, Kyle Hendricks has been pitching very great games, but no runs behind him. Last night, they give him seven runs, and he comes out, probably pitches the worst game of his life. I don't know what to do with those Cubs. I disagree with you a little bit. Kyle Hendricks has had some games this year where he's been terrible. But he's but also had some games where he's been really games. good. That's true. There's been no in-between with Hendricks. He's been either really good, get you through six, seven, eight, or he's just been batting practice. I mean, I watched earlier in the year, he gave up three home runs in one inning. He was just terrible in some games this year. I, I, don't, I don't know. And I give you credit, though. You're still watching. Man, you're, I forget the Cubs are even still around. I've got my Cubs Damn. t-shirt on. They're, they play the Brewers today. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, 66 and 81. And what's with this Braun? I haven't seen or heard from him all year long, and all of a sudden he's going to retire. Have they been playing him? I don't know. I don't follow closely enough. I don't know. I, I haven't seen him play, and I thought, well, did they trade him off? And now I hear he's going to retire. Yeah, I hadn't heard that he was going to retire either, but I don't follow Milwaukee Brewers baseball. No. I mean, he's been around for a while. He uh, has, and he's been good. Yeah. All, all fun. Okay, good. guys. Well, is it supposed to rain during the game tonight? Uh, Not supposed to. What game are you referring to? Well, I'm talking about the city on a oh, gallon okay. game. Yeah. No, I don't think it is supposed to rain. No. But who knows? Right now, it's but, not supposed yeah, to it, rain. We could be there and all of a sudden get drenched. Yeah. Bring if, your slicker. Well, if it does happen, we'll be reporting at the time it is happening. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys. All right, Kern. So if it starts raining, Captain, will you come in from home to report on it? Yes. Oh, yes. There's. A, hey, it's raining. And it's still raining 15 minutes later. <laughs> well, what are the chances of rain? I'm not going to the I'm game, but right hopefully now. the rain doesn't become a factor. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going because it's Dolly. 
I thought about it, but you know, I'm like, you know, I went there 40 years ago. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Well, where's your where's your team spirit? I mean, I just didn't. I, you know, I just you've already got uh, Ray said his friend, his buddy that yeah, was, Ryan was doing prep, and you know, they can. It's 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 their moment, Captain. There you go. It's their moment. <laughs> Hello. Hey Pat. Hey what? Now that Coach Ferentz has addressed the professional wrestling aspect, when do you think it would be appropriate to ask Coach Brands the same question? Um, I guess any time would be appropriate at this yeah. stage. I just, he just doesn't have any media set up. We do have something with Fran next Monday. Maybe I'll ask Fran about All-Star Wrestling. But I mean, I think you could ask Coach Brands that. He'd give you a good answer on that. I'll bet he would. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. I'm surprised actually nobody has. Yeah, it looks uh, like it's going to be clear for the game tonight. Good. Late this afternoon, a chance of rain. So, yeah, it's the same as they've yeah, been saying. So. Yeah. No, um, I don't think he would. I don't think he'd do so. He'd have to, you know, you have to admit. And a lot of, you know, amateur wrestlers go on to professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean. Well, because there's no. Well, it's, I mean, you you can say what you want about it. And, you know, you, they have these storylines and. Some of the endings are fixed. Sometimes well, they're all fixed. It's all. I mean, well, sometimes they ignore it. They get pissed off. I've, but ninety percent of them, you know, who's going to win going into a match. Ninety percent of the time, you do. It's that ten percent that's really. Uh, but I mean, besides, but it is athleticism. It is. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. It is really I mean, hard. Hulk Hogan was like six, oh my six, God, three, yes. Yeah, he was huge God. and in shape. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think anyone disputes that. No, I, and you do it every freaking. I mean, they do it like six, seven nights a week. But to me, it loses a little bit of it with the outcome decided. Uh, sure. Yeah. That's just yeah. me. But, you know, I mean, I certainly wouldn't knock somebody for being an all star wrestling fan. That's their business, and it's a huge industry. And I'm, I do remember it toward you, and he was a nice guy. Did, he was yeah. soft spoken. He was a nice guy. He was injured all the time. And he, he does really good. I mean, yeah, he does charity work. Oh, yeah. no, I've done my research. Because, like yeah. I said, I was, there was a while where I thought we might be able to have him on today, you know, but um, um, Mike told me this though, since he won this thing, it's just been nonstop media appearance but he is the world champion i mean i'm with that i mean there's probably a lot of responsibilities but we'll get him on at some point we just got to get him i've told him 10 to i told him and 10 to noon his time because he's on the east coast that's the time slot that we basically have oh now if tommy wanted to ever have him on hey lang that's you know then tommy could work that out sure i mean any but it's you have to go through i think humple was going to do it all for me but if you're doing it like halas talked to him briefly on the phone the other day but he had to go through all-star Mm-hmm. wrestling and they wanted to know what you were going to ask him i mean it's a it's not just but i think humple was going to be able to cut through all that red tape to get him on the radio i don't know because like i said he got back to me and said no nope, um he's busy during the time slot where i'm going to be on but I, it's a neat story it was funny listening you can tell kirk's not a big he doesn't spend much time following all-star wrestling no he know knew more about it than i do he probably did i did not know anything about the pancakes i, I didn't either i didn't it's great just like frisbees. I haven't had pancakes in ages. I, I like pancakes, but whenever I eat them, it feels like I have like a lead ball in my stomach the rest of the day. Um, it saps my will to live. Ann made some a couple weeks ago, and she makes them with uh, yogurt. Man, are they good. It doesn't sound good, but I'll take your word for it. Because everything I've had from Ann is good. Oh, my God, they're so but good. But yogurt pancakes sound absolutely disgusting. Well, they're, they're, I like the pancakes. They're not. <laughs> uh, Perkins pancakes I like. I don't really like pancakes. I don't like breakfast. I, I love but, 
I must not like them either because I don't eat them much, but yeah. when I eat them, I like them, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, so. you just described it. They kind of sit in your stomach. Oh, they're heavy. Those they Perkins heavy. things are like Frisbees. They, they could double as UFOs. <laughs> Those things are huge. I want, when is that place going to open? What, Perkins? Yeah. I thought it was. Oh, they're not back yeah, open? They that fire. Well, they weren't as of a couple of weeks. We I used to go to Perkins. Bear there a couple of weeks ago. I used to go there a ton. Hello? I mean, at Perkins in general. Hello. Uh, this can't. Ken Grabinski. Hey, Ken. Good morning. Tom Suter, Pat Hardy, and Captain Steve here. Uh, Ken Grabinski, of course, uh, former Hawkeye, played on the great uh, team, the 69 and 70 Hawkeyes, that ran the table in the Big Ten. And, of course, part of the game that ripped our guts out, the loss to Jacksonville. <laughs> Ken, why don't you tell us a little bit about that season, if you would, and uh, your memories of that game. And, of course, we'll talk about the team going to be honored uh, this Saturday at the Kent State game. Ken, is that going to be before the game or at halftime? When is, when's the ceremony going to happen? You know, I, they, I got an email that said something, maybe third quarter or something. Oh, third like quarter. That. Okay, okay, interesting. Okay. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, that was a fun year. It was um, – we started off slowly. Uh, Fred Brown was a newcomer, and he and uh, Dick Jensen, the first game, had uh, mononucleosis. And we lost uh, down in um, Southern Illinois in the first first ten games. We ended up being five and five, and then Ralph That's just right. kind of turned yeah. turned the uh, team loose, and uh, and uh, that's when it really kicked into high gear. We we played over in Hawaii a tournament over there, and end up. Uh, losing two out of three games, and then we flew back. And at five, I think it was five or five thirty in the morning, we practiced because <laughs> the next night, I think either the, yeah, the next night we played Purdue, but um, and then we beat Purdue, and I think Miles got like fifty three points, and we won by I don't know six or eight points. But um, and from there on out, um, we got off to a good start and won at Michigan and uh, won at Wisconsin, and uh, then it was a uh, break and it. Uh, Ralph ran us to death uh, <laughs> during the break because he thought we were lollygagging. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and then um, as far as the games, we you know we averaged over 100 points a game, and it was uh, at that point it was one of those seasons. Not that you always can't wait to get to practice, but in those days you really couldn't wait to get to practice. Why was that? And it was a well, just uh, first of all, Ralph's practices. He did 30 minutes of, of hard fundamentals and you scrimmage for an hour and 15 minutes and then practice was over. Wow. Okay. And of course, um, so it was very efficient. It was fun. And, um, and we had really good chemistry because we had, I think we had, uh, let's see, seven seniors on that team, uh, three juniors, myself, um, Lynn Rowe and, and Gary Lusk. And so, from our standpoint, it was fun for me because um, I backed up Johnny Johnson and and Glenn Vidnovic, who basically were were two NBA teams. Yeah. Uh, Vidnovic would have played in the NBA quite a while, except the military draft. He couldn't couldn't get out of that. But um, the um, and when you're scoring those kind of points, um, and there's no TV, so the, every arena we went to was packed, uh, and the field house was incredible with the metal bleachers and students and I, and I think it's been a while since football had been successful uh, two years before that they won the Big Ten when I was a senior in high school and so everybody was really rabid about basketball mm -hmm. and then when we I remember specifically um, coming back from the Purdue game 
that we can't, couldn't land the plane because there were so many people at the airport. And I think the, they closed Dubuque Street uh, wow. with the celebrations. Were you there, Tom? Uh, did, uh, yeah, I was, actually. And it was awesome. Well, you know, can uh, you... Ken, you helped us get Fred Brown on a while back. I don't know if you remember that. You gave me the, I think you were the one who gave us the contact information. And we had Freddie on, was it maybe, it was during the height of the pandemic, like yeah, April or May of 2020. It was awesome. We had a great interview with him. We had him on for half, and he talked about a lot of the same stuff you talked about. We had, he talked about Ralph Miller and just how close this team was and what have you. Tom, you, I mean, that was a great interview for you because you love that team. Oh my gosh, I loved that team so much. And, uh, and Pat and I have talked about it a lot. That I can only imagine what it was like for you guys because, as a fan, that Jacksonville game, I was just. Didn't you my, say you had to drive around and calm I, down? I did. I had my heart and lungs torn out that game. Well, t- tell me what it was like for you uh, during that game. Well, from a personal standpoint, I missed two free throws, so that wasn't. Uh, um, um, well, you're the reason they exciting, lost, Ken. We did not kidding. shoot free throws very well that game. No, you didn't. You're right. McGilmer missed three, and I think even Vidovic might have missed a, a couple. He never, he never missed. Um, it was just one of those games. Um, I remember the scouting report specifically said, "Don't worry about Pembroke Burroughs because he can't shoot," and he ended up what ten for eleven from the field or something. Wow. And then um, let's see, we got a, oh, I know, yeah, there was um, some specific things during that game that I remember that. Um, um, kind of went against us. Uh, for instance, um, Don Nelson and John Havlicek were at the game being in Columbus. And Vidovic made a move on the baseline. It was as flawless as you could possibly make and banked it in, and they called traveling. And little things, you know, just seemed to, mm. between missed free throws and little things like that, mm-hmm. it just, at the end of the game, they threw up one from the corner, and it got a perfect bounce, and Pembroke Borough tipped it in at the buzzer, and we, we were down. And there was only 16 teams in the NCAA tournament yeah. that round. So, so yeah, that was, that was definitely, uh, heartbreaking. Uh, and then the next game, it was, we beat, uh, Notre Dame 120 to something. Yeah, it was. And the score at half against a really good Notre Dame team with Austin Carr and those guys, it was like 75 <laughs> to 32 or 43. And I think we bob, uh, Chad bobbled a pass or something. That was like the only mistake that whole half. And Adolph Rupp, I remember they said when he came out with his team and saw the score at halftime, you know he dodged a bullet. And then, and then Jacksonville did beat Kentucky. You know, and uh, that 75 points at halftime or whatever it was, we have to keep remember that there were no three-point shots. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> no, they um, – it was um, – the other thing that was kind of nice back then where it wasn't much TV, so you always had the same schedule, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was just uh, everything about the year was just really kind of magical. And uh, just everything fell fell together. And um, it was, um, um, other than the way it ended, it would have been interesting had we gotten yes, it would have. Jacksonville because they finished, they, they lost to UCLA. I mean, we, we basically had almost like between Kleber and Vidnovic, Johnson and Fred, possibly Ben, you know, four or five guys that could have been in the NBA. And that was UCLA in between Jabbar and Walton, if I'm not mistaken. I think Jabbar's yeah. last year had been the year before when Drake made the Final Four. So, um, Ken, can you still remember going into the locker room after the loss and what Ralph said to you guys? I mean, how devastated um, was Ralph? 
Ralph was he he, he I never had a lot of words. In other words, like for instance, to get ready for the game, it was about what we were doing. Other than when we played Mount, we might do something. But other than that, it was, you know, I think Louisville said pressures being unprepared. With Ralph, you knew what you're going to do, okay. and the games are actually a little bit easier than practices as far as conditioning. Okay. Anyway, we got in the locker room, and Ralph said, you know, you just and I, I think his exact words, you just. And he was kind of te- he basically was tearing up because I think he knew how close this thing team could have been to a national champion. He said, "You just never know which way the pickle squirts." And that last shot, you know, tipped it in, and uh, and uh, that's about all the words he said. He, you know, he, he thanked everybody, and, and but that's the way his. Um, I think his pregame me- meetings and postgame meetings would last maybe. Three to five minutes. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and, and so um, it was, you know, it was more about what we were doing rather than uh, what the other team was doing. So, and Ralph had he could talk basketball for hours. I mean, he just uh, on on basic fundamentals. His whole theory, like for instance, defense. He figured the high school coach taught the player not to play defense, so he didn't follow. So when you got here, he figured you knew nothing about defense, <laughs> okay. and it was all basic. Uh, you know, fundamentals and how you could save a step here and a step there. But So, uh, um, Ken, did uh, did Ralph smoke during uh, practices? Well, I don't know <laughs> if he did every practice, but most practices. And I remember, and what he, he always had a pair of, this dates, yeah, I don't even remember, like, engineer boots. He had engineer boots, a pair of black sacks, an alpaca, or a cardigan sweater, mock turtle or whatever. And then he'd say so half time, he'd, Flick the ashes in his cuffs, <laughs> and uh, he had a you know he had a down, um, and then um, the uh, later on he switched to like those uh, dark brown cigarettes or whatever that he that he used to flick into his uh, cuff. But yeah, it was a different time back then. Yeah, for uh, sure. Practices for sure. were open, and when he would scream, the entire field house would just stop because that's, he had that kind of kind of a voice. So uh, I mean. Tom, I'll ask you this too. Ralph had he and Evie both had that kind of a mystique to him, didn't they? A little bit, Ralph, and they were there at the same time. For well, I mean, Evie was the AD, but would you agree with that? Because I've always kind of held Ralph Miller in this, sort of this high, kind of Evie mystique type thing. Well, yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Ken? I mean, I was too young no, to remember no Ralph. When Ralph when Ralph spoke, you listened. Yeah, and yeah. The yeah. other thing about Ralph, he treated everybody the same on the team. Everybody. And didn't I think Evie did the same thing? Didn't uh, Evie mm-hmm. was no. Mm-hmm. He scared them all. <laughs> well, in my freshman year, because freshmen were ineligible, Calabria and Vedna came up to me one day because we only played like three regular games and we played exhibition. So he says, you know, Ralph's going to come up to you one of these at half one of these games and he's going to give you a little taste of what it's going to be, be like. And so we were playing Wisconsin and I didn't have the best, Wisconsin freshman, I didn't have the best first half. And sure enough, in shows Ralph because Calabria and Vedna said, he doesn't say anything to you. You might think about packing your bags. <laughs> and he looked at you, and he had these eyebrows that curled up. And he's looking at me, and he says, Terrence, you're the worst person I've ever recruited, worst player I've ever recruited. <laughs> you look like a locomotive out there. And obviously, given the speech before, he says, you could not guard my grandmother. And he had a few ex- expletives in there. And as long as I'm the coach here, you're, uh, pardon my French, your ass is going to be so far down the end of that bench. You won't be able to see the scoreboard, <laughs> and I'm thinking, 
wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm kind of, and I played a lot better the second half. Um, but he had that kind of, a, and it was all about making you a better player. It wasn't personal stuff or that kind of stuff. He just said, when he, when he spoke, uh, but he did treat everybody the same, which was, you know, appreciated, I think, in the long run. What do you want from your coach? Well, yeah, Ken, let's... He, um, and he was simple. Boy, did, we had a deal about the uh, pregame meal once. And he, he, he says, and he probably spent 30 seconds on it. Because we didn't even have T-shirts that said Iowa or shorts. Our perk was the uh, pregame meal. We got a filet steak. And so... You know, we weren't going to give that up, but some of the guys are having trouble with the pregame meal, right? Mm-hmm. So Ralph said, here's what we're going to do. He said, eat whatever you want. There was a few excellence in there. It's just this and that and whatever. He says, and that was the end of the conversation. So, that, you know, all of us, about eight of us, were not going to give up that pregame meal. But Omar, Fred, and Johnny, scrambled eggs, bacon toast. Good for them. Yum. Ben McGilmer. Two double cheeseburgers. That was, <laughs> that was the end of that. It all sounds good. That's funny. That all. So when he left, how tough was it when he left? Well, you know, it was. I was an Iowa fan, starting out with the Rose Bowl teams in '57 and '58, okay. and all that. But I was, but I came because of Ralph. You know, and most players did come because of Ralph. And so I ran into him in the hallway, like the day he announced it. I said. Coach, you're leaving. He said, yeah. And, you know, he said, yeah, we've got family on the West Coast. <laughs> so I kind of said, I said, Coach, we've all got family on the West Coast. <laughs> and he goes, he looks, and he looks down the hallway because that was when that Evashevsky Nagel thing was going on. Uh-huh. He said, I don't like what I see down there. And yeah, I heard um, that. I don't know if it, and that probably never came out, but yeah. Um, I, I just, because, uh, you know, he had a goal in here. Oh, I had a friend asked me one time. Why would anybody leave this job, you know? So, so did yeah. Ralph, from what you can recall, I know you were just a student, but and Tom, do you, did Ralph and Evie get along? Did Evie leave him on B, leave, then meddle with basketball? And he was the AD during this time, and they were very Well, successful. it was certainly my recollection, and, and my father worked at the athletic department at the time. Um, now, they weren't super close friends, as I recall. Okay, uh-huh. but they were able to function together. But that, no, that's pretty telling, though, that yeah, story. No. Ralph, he was fine. Ralph was, you know, he was basketball. He he lived it twenty four seven, and so, you know, uh, that distraction. And and uh, but the but the, he didn't like just the whole. Situation. I see what you no, I know exactly what you mean. No, your your yeah. your story is very descriptive. It kind uh-huh. of explains it, yeah, perfectly. Well, let's um, turn back to today. This the the bringing. How many members are coming back? What all does this weekend entail for you guys? What all are you guys doing with the, with the team? Well. Um, sadly, we lost Omar Hasley this past year. That's and with right. Ben McGilmer. Ben McGilmer uh, yeah. died of COVID. And Benny was one of those guys. Yeah. When you're on Benny or on the phone with him, your day was just a little bit better. You know, we all meet those kind of people. But Benny, was that, he had that kind of a personality. I mean, he introduced himself when he was younger. I'm skinny Benny, good for 20. <laughs> and that's, you know, he lived his life like that. That's so, so sad. We, uh, so we don't have Benny. And then, um, as well as uh, Omar, and then Tom Schultz uh, and Johnny Johnson had passed away too. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, as far as who's coming, Lanny Van Emmen is coming back. We kind of twisted his arm. He was Ralph's assistant. Yeah, we had Lanny on the radio. Um, what 
about five, six months ago. Oh, gosh, he was so he good. He was great. We had, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, Mike Gatons helped us work. Yeah, so that's good to have he's coming back. So he's coming back. Um, Lynn Rowett, um, Glenn Vidnevic, uh, John Richards. We, he was, I didn't even know what his name was. He just called him Porpoise. He was our manager. <laughs> okay. I think Ten years after. And, and, and then um, Tom Miller, who was an attorney in um, – mm-hmm. From Kansas City, okay. he's an attorney in uh, Mass or Boston. He's coming back for probably the first time in probably maybe fifty years. Fred Brown, Fred's coming in. Good. Ted Labry will be here. Um, Dick Jensen. So we've got, I think, eight out of you know twelve or fourteen players. That's coming great. In. No, that, that's, that's great. Awesome. I mean, of course, you would have done this a year ago, but due to COVID. Um, so Ben, he you said he died of COVID. I mean, where was he living? He was in Atlanta. Um, Ben was, uh, I get a call, I don't know how many years ago, from Houston Breedlove, and he says, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, because Ben was always the missing link. We knew no, we knew he was overseas. He said, Ben's back. I said, you got to be kidding me. He's in Atlanta. And Ben uh, was gone for 37 years coaching and playing basketball overseas from Spain, France, to Istanbul, hmm. uh, all over. And then we got done doing that. He was making jewelry up in the Pyrenees Mountains selling to American tourists and that. And then when 9-11 hit, that's when he came back. Okay. Wow, what a story. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he was kind of totally disconnected after 37 years. And so um, there's three or four of us that, you know, we get together at least once or twice a year. Oh, I forgot to mention Jim Hodges coming back, too. Okay. And, And Benny and Jim and I would get together at least once or twice a year. And ben, Ben's career at Iowa was odd because he played a couple of seasons and then was drafted and then came back and, and played. Then the Big Ten gave him two more years to play. And, and thank God they did because he was on that great team. Benny was on that team that beat Cassie Russell in February. It was one of the few games televised. It was on a Thursday. or two. I, In Iowa, Benny got 26 points as a sophomore. Hmm. And what happened, wow. um, anyway, he didn't get necessarily drafted. He kind of had to enlist. It's a long story, too long for here. I'll tell Pat sometime. But it was kind of funny, but it was. And then Ben came back after two years in the service um, and, uh, you know, played here for two years with with that team. And uh, But a little thing people don't realize, that team, it was pretty, other than Fred, the year before lost every road game. Wow, that, I was great. not aware. I was not aware of that. <laughs> yeah, um, of course they lost that Drake, but yeah, they lost every Big Ten road game. And Drake and, was uh, pretty good back then. They were great. Yes, they were, and it was a good rivalry. Back yes, then. Um, it really was. And when we beat them, our soccer it was cool too. But yeah, um, but they yeah we lost, they lost every road game, and so um, um, that's the other thing too. This team was hungry. No, that, that would make sense. That would, well, I think it's great that they're doing this. I mean, it's going to be close to a sellout crowd. The weather looks like it's going to be okay for Saturday. And, um, Tom, do you have anything? Uh, well, you know, I've got one more question for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, we definitely have one more. Thanks. Ken, we appreciate you coming on and kind of spreading some awareness because I think this is cool that this team's being recognized. Tom, you said it's created the greatest memories for you as a Hawkeye and the worst, right? Yes. Yep. Well, there you go, Ken. You've, you've, you've made him happy and you've made him miserable. Okay, here's his last question. So it's all your fault, Ken. No. Uh, yeah. Okay, Here, here's the question. It has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with basketball. Okay. Gary Barta picks up the phone, calls Ken Grabinski and says, Ken, I need your help. 
you need to hire a band or a singer or an act to fill up Kinnick Stadium. Who is Ken Grabinski going to hire? And we did ask Fred Brown the same question. Yes. I remember what he said. I do too. Yeah, so this is real simple for me. Okay. Ann Wilson with Hart. Oh. Ooh. Oh, these guys would strongly Ooh, agree. I, with I love Hart. Especially if she did yeah. Stairway to Heaven. Oh, she's. Oh, no, she, yeah. She can do anything. Okay. That was an easy one. All right. All right. Good answer, Good Ken. Answer. Hey, appreciate your time, Ken. This was fun. All right. Yeah, take care, guys. Hey, okay. Take care, Ken. Thanks. You bet. Yeah, good answer. But why didn't he? Wasn't there another heart? What's Nancy? the other one? He Nancy said Wilson, the guitar player. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess when you say Andy, do you just well, make one the, of the two guitar players. You just make the assumption that he's also including the sister? I, well, per- perhaps. Maybe he just wants to see Anne. I don't know. Because their version of Stairway to Heaven in that, that 2000, was that was incredible. Unbelievable. The best part of it, though, was how blown away Led Zeppelin was by it. I mean, Jimmy Page was just like, you could see at one time he looks over to play and says, can you believe this? Like when the curtain lifted and all those singers were in the background. It was incredible. And it wasn't actually the Wilson sister who played the best part of the guitar. She played the beginning, but the electric version is, this car, is a song that was played by some other guy who was incredible. It was just neat seeing how much Led Zeppelin appreciated being appreciated. Mm-hmm. It was just watching them in the stands. That was, God, that was nice. And Letterman was sitting right next to Jimmy Page nine years yeah. ago. No, that's a, it's a great band. Oh, it was great. And with John Bonham's son playing the drums, it was a real. Yeah. I watched, I pull that up on YouTube every once in a while. So, but, but no, that was a fun interview, and it's going to be neat. I'm glad Freddie Brown's coming back. I'm glad they're all coming back. And, God, there's, I mean, a third of the team is dead, which sadly. Yeah. I mean, John Johnson died a while ago. Yeah, quite a while. I was, yeah, he was only like 67, I and think. And I, I, I guess I wasn't uh, sure that Omar Hasley had died. I don't know. I, I remember Iowa sending out a release about that, and the Benny McGill died. I did di- see that Dying of COVID. Died. I mean, that's yeah. just, just so sad. Terrible. Sad. Yeah, it's serious. But no, it was fun catching up with him. And I always love, like I said, Ralph Miller and Forrest Evasheski were just these. Because I think partly, too, because I was too young to experience either one of them. I think that adds to the mystique when you're not around and you only hear other people talk about them or what have you. And But Ralph Miller and Forrest were. I experienced a fair amount with Ralph because I hung out at my dad's office quite a bit. And the news or the post-game press conferences were in a little conference room right next to my dad's office. So I, I would camp out in there during the post-game press conferences and watch Ralph fill up a, an ashtray with his uh, Was he nice to you? List. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couldn't have been nicer. So you knew you were around Ralph more than Evie? Yes. Why do you, why do you think that was? Just because your dad was around Ralph more? Just circumstances. Okay. And... You know the f- football, Evie. I, w- I was too young. I didn't spend hardly any time. Sure. I mean, around the teams. Uh, later on, I did. But. I mean, when he retired from football, you were well eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you were exactly. You were pretty young. So, but but yeah, no. Ralph Miller. The program was, the program was thriving, and I know people were back then. Part of it was all oh, the weather. No, he left because of the dysfunction in the athletic department. Yeah, he didn't that, want to be a part of it. That's what what. We understood at the time. Yeah, and you've talked about that. We've had other, but Ken's description was perfect. That just summed it all up. You didn't even need words. Just the description of him looking down the hall and saying, you know, I don't like the way that's headed. I don't don't like what's going on. And it's unfortunate because the 70s for, I mean, mean, Dick Schultz, no offense, but he was a disaster as a basketball coach. Yes, he was. I mean, they they just fell right into the tank, and they were terrible. And it shows you it can happen. Well, he was our baseball coach. True, I know. And um, they wouldn't let Evie be AD and 
basketball and football coach, but they let Dick Schultz be the basketball coach. And I don't get it. I mean, yeah. Granted, I know yeah. it's a little different, but still, I mean, it was a bad hire. And the 70s were pretty bleak. Well, basketball wise, finally they at were the very end. good. For, well, not for well, not the for, not sixty nine seventy was set, but up until I mean, Lute Olson took a was Sam Williams team that was sixties. Um, oh, Sam, that's right. um, but the seventies from seventy to 77, 70 were bleak. No, you're right, bad. And then you throw in football, man. It was a miserable decade for Hawkeye athletics in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was thinking about Ralph's tenure and. Yeah, but no, Sam Williams was like 65, 60. Yeah. The 60s were okay. All the football really fell apart in the 60s. Oh, boy, did it. Yeah, I mean, it just – but, man, I when you think – I mean, Lute finally got basketball. They won the Big Ten title in 78, 79. I think they had a winning season the year before that. But it took Lute a couple years too, so – but all Dick Schultz's years were bad. There was no good run they there. Were. It was uh, the wrong trajectory for sure. Were you excited about that hire? Was it was – Um. Do you remember? Was your dad I, excited? N- not particularly. Um, he, he was a big Ralph fan, and a, as we all were. But it seems like with Dick Schultz, they settled. Why didn't no, they? No, that that's exactly. Why didn't they right. bring somebody in nationally? I I don't know, but they didn't. And who they, made? Was that Evie? I would uh, I would think so. I can't I can't remember, Maybe but he, I I think so. We should have asked Marion. Give her a call. See what she says. <laughs> I still, I've told people that's still one of my all-time favorite interviews we've had on this. Marion O'Shea. Yeah, that was great. It was great. I I was blown away by the part where she said, you know, my sister and I disagree on a lot of the stories about my father. Remember her saying that? Uh And she she believes most of them. You know, that's no. It was just it was a fascinating interview. But that was a fascinating time at Iowa, the six, the fifties and the Mm sixties. You throw in Bucky O'Connor. I mean, think about. Think about some of the coaches. Well, my very first memories of of Iowa were we were not only the best in the Big Ten, we were the best in the country Mm -hmm. in basketball. Well, right. I mean, we got to the championship a couple times. Think about Iowa athletics from 54 to 60. Yeah. Two final was it two final fours a national championship in football three Big Ten titles think about that, that two Rose Bowl victories. two Rose Bowls victories games weren't even close but man they it just wasn't built to sustain I mean no. No. I mean for some reason every well we did here I mean health wasn't and there is a big difference between being an AD and a football coach I mean an AD's more maybe administrative. now it's administrative there's more consistency it's a more of a nine to five can you then maybe not as much now but. I wasn't aware until Marion said something about how bad Evie had colitis. Yeah, I did. I've never that. had that, but I know people who listened to that interview said colitis can be a life changer. It's ter- it's terrible. Yeah. If you if you now there's I'm sure it's treated a lot better now. Fifty years later, don't you think? Six. I would certainly think so, but st- yeah, but it uh, that was a part. Marion said some things that I had never heard before. Mm-hmm. So it was made Same it with me. really uh, the colitis part. I had never heard. No, I had heard stories that his health. You know, he was he was he was. Part of the reason he wanted to get out of coaching because of the grind due to health, but I never heard a specific health reason. And she said colitis. And I, that was interesting because, yeah, I could see how that would really impact somebody. But, no, I appreciate Ken coming on today. And um, Iowa, Kent State, um, what's weird about tomorrow's game is I'm not covering it in person. That is weird. Tyler and Dallas Jones are going to be representing Hawk Fanatic. I'll be at home. I'll watch. I will watch the game and probably write something and put up right. But I'm gonna. I think Tyler's even thinking about writing a column. So we'll see. We don't need to have me over there all the time. There's, and, so you're um, gonna crack your first beer at eight a.m. I'll be. I'll be speedballing by halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, you too, right? Oh yeah.
Yeah. No, before. Oh, you you speedball. Speedball uh, during the uh, nine o'clock uh, suitor show. <laughs> I'll be in for that. Yeah. I mean, I can live. even stay afterwards. I have no hurries. We can live just be, on the air. Should we just do radio all day tomorrow? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Should we take a break right now? Yeah, that it, guys. Sure. Yeah, we'll be right back. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. One eight hundred eight hundred rose. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. One eight hundred. 800 rows. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROWS. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROWS. Remember. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional, transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. This is Patrick Eads, owner of Geary Brothers Ford Lincoln, serving Iowa City in the Corridor. Proud recipient of Ford's President Award for the highest customer satisfaction in both sales and service. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for New Car Dealer 2017 through 2019. Voted Iowa City's Best of the Area for Used Car Dealer 2020. Locally owned and operated, we understand the importance of community-minded business. We proudly support youth sports. Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln at the corner of Mormon Trek Boulevard and Highway 1 or online at DearyFord.com. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319 319- 
390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Dear U of I, just a note to let you know, if you're ever thinking about selling Kinnick Stadium or Carver Hawkeye Arena, please consider Hawkeye Title and Settlement. We're here to provide efficient, high-quality real estate title and closing services. Signed, Hawkeye Fan Forever, and send. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Whether it's a large commercial property or if you're buying your first home, remember, we're here to help. Hawkeye Title and Settlement Services of Iowa City. You'll love our team just like you love the Hawks. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite. Satellite and solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at bigdogsatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyok Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyok family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to you, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The Oxyoke Inn. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply Kitchens and Baths, your home never looks so beautiful. We have a chance of a shower or thunderstorm today, generally from about lunchtime through mid-afternoon. Other than that, not a bad day. Partly cloudy, high of 85 this afternoon. The wind south becoming north at 5 to 15. Tonight, partly cloudy, 56. Tomorrow, sunny, 83. A little less humid tomorrow, too. And then on Sunday, sunny and hot. Our high Sunday, right around 92. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 61. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making moments. Hawkfanatic.com is back. All right, we are back. 92 on September 19th. Yeah. Yeah? I'm not liking that. Well? I'm ready for some 60s and some 70s. Well, in the evenings. <laughs> when I'm sleeping. <laughs> well, like next week, um, it dumps. I mean, we're a month away from Halloween, and Halloween's always Tuesday, cold and Tuesday, miserable. Uh, wet. Wednesday, Thursday, low 70s. Okay, that's what we need. Ooh, Ann's not going to like that. She doesn't like 70s? Not really. No, what does she want, 80s and 90s? Yes. What the hell, move yeah. back to Louisiana. Her arc- <laughs> she was born in Louisiana. Yeah. Sounds like she still wants to be there. 
Okay. Uh, and, and except when she goes down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does she like humidity? <laughs> she says she's comfortable when it's hot. I mean, she just is. It's unbelievable. I can't take it. I can't either. Weak. I'm looking forward to wearing uh, jackets. That's why we're Yankees. And my sweatshirt, my KCJJ And she's JJ a sweatshirt. Southern Belle. And I got my new CNN jacket. Humidity is nobody's friend. Well, I haven't seen that yet. No, humidity's nasty. No, no, nobody uh, should like humidity. So I guess we have to have a uh, correction here. <laughs> if you, the uh, team is being honored, the 69-70 Iowa the Colorado basketball State team game. is being honored, the Colorado State game. So do we have to interview Ken again next week then? Yes, my guess is we'll set this up. And we'll, we'll just basically just... Ask, ask the exactly exact the same, same questions, questions, and I'll just insert Colorado State for Kent State. Um, Here you go. We'll just rerun the show. But yeah, I sh- I've well, seen that. Edit it out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We, we could just do that. So yeah, instead of the 18th, it's the, or no, tomorrow's the 18th, so the game would yes. be the 25th. Correct. And he said the 24th, which I mean, but what it's else? the Colorado State game. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it was still a fun interview. It was still fun well, catch, looking back at the. 69-70 season, and I always love hearing stories about Ralph Miller. That never gets old. And he, he meant, Ken mentioned how that team got off to a slow start, 5-5. Five and five. If I recall, if it's the same year, and I think it is, that uh, we lost an exhibition game to, I think, a team called the Submarine Force of the Pacific. A bunch mm. of, of older players and stuff, and uh, I remember listening to that. Sounds like we were being well protected then by good basketball uh, players. Yeah, evidently. But yeah, no, that team was five. And I do remember Fred saying he was sick early in the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but then, boy, once they got going. Again, I don't remember. I was too young. I was five. I don't remember the season at all. I wished I would have. I mean, I, I remember when I first started following sports and old enough to remember that, I, that season was like three or four years ago. People would refer to, oh, that 69-70 team back when – the pro, I, I, when I started following Iowa basketball, just a little bit old enough to remember is when Dick Schultz was just bringing it down. And that game, I don't know if it was the last game of the season. It was close. The Purdue game, I think it was 108, 107, Hawkeyes won, and Rick Mount had 61 Without a three. points. With a three, you would have had in the 90s, I remember reading. 61 points. Was that Man. at the Fieldhouse? I don't think or was so. was that at Purdue? I think it was at Purdue. And you went to all the home games? Yes. As a, with your family? I think Mound only scored 54 in Iowa City. Yeah, and it was incredible like what he did. And then, you know, he was he was okay in the NBA, but he was by no means a – he wasn't as good as John Havlicek in the NBA. No, no. Well, John Havlicek was terrific. Oh, I know, but he wasn't Rick Mount in college. But no, he played he, on better he teams. Yes. He, play, he played with Jerry Lucas and what have you. But John Havlicek was a much better Bobby basketball Knight, player. Bobby Knight, Mel Noll. Yeah, Bobby Knight was a – didn't he come off the bench? Larry Siegfried, yes. Yeah. You know what else Bobby Knight was? Jerk. I was going to say a dick, but it's okay, the same, same that works. thing. <laughs> Captain, what word would you use? Bully? Uh, yeah, he's a bully. Miserable. Boy. Miserable. Just a miserable. Haven't heard any updates. I mean, I've heard he's not doing well. Well, he sure didn't look good he did uh, not. last well, year. Well, wow. when they brought him back to Indiana for the yeah. reunion. He, I mean, He's really aged. But Bobby Knight's also, okay, let's see. That would have been, Bobby's probably, he's, well, Google, is Bobby Knight 80? He's, he's got to be at least think so. I mean, those teams were really good with Jerry Lucas. What was that, mid-50s? Um, no, 60s. Early, Early 60s. 60s. Which is 60 years ago. And you're, yeah, so he's probably right around 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. 
He is exactly 80. 80. On October the 25th, he'll be 81. Okay. But he really regressed in the last five years. Well, I mean, yeah, I see a lot of people 80 years old that look better than Bobby Knight. Oh, yeah. Hello? Uh, yes, uh, guys, we got beat by Subpac. Yeah. Submarine Forest of the Pacific. The, the headli- yep, sub- the headliner press citizen went up and said, what is a Subpac? <laughs> uh, we, 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 didn't, we didn't know not only who, we didn't know what it was. It, made, it was just a word. We didn't have any idea what the heck it was. Well, they were all probably former good college basketball players. I don't remember where we were, yeah, but I, yeah, I remember listening to that game on the radio. We might have been um, eating up of all, in Monticello, and I think I snuck out to the car to listen to some of the game. Yeah, I was out in Hawaii, if I recall. I I listened to it too, and the, and and uh, in the Purdue game, Ralph Miller famously said, "One guy can't beat us," and he almost did. Yeah, <laughs> he sure almost did. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great year. Yes, uh, but I just love sure the headline: was. "What is a subpack?" And nobody knew what the heck was. That is funny. Thanks for sharing. Have at it, you guys. You're doing good. All right, thanks, Rex. Go Hawks. All right, Hawks. Oh, that was Rex? Yeah. yeah. I never rang. I mean, you guys always know who you're talking. And I never seem to know. Well, he works here. I know. Well, I re- now I recognize him. Yeah. It was funny. Well, I, yeah, was, I was at a convenience store yesterday, and I looked at this guy wearing a mask, and I saw the truck that he was in, and I knew. And I'm like, I know you. You're Scratch's dad. You know, the, <laughs> the, yeah. guy, the guy with the um, the band, that, um, the what are they, the, C- the Cedar, Cedar County Cedar Cobras. County Cobras. Yeah, Cedar yeah, they played Cobras. in here. Cedar Valley Cobras. Cedar yeah. Valley Cobras. And I know they played in here recently. You know, we're waiting in line. I'm like, hey, you're scratching. And he recognized me. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, and I started to tell him about, he's like, I know. He goes, that damn cat's more popular than I am now. He goes, people come up to me all, <laughs> hey, I love your, yeah, it was just kind of funny because he, he says ever since I started tweeting videos that people now say, hey, hey you're scratches. I thought that was kind of funny. That is funny. Scratch, is. Scratch wasn't out yesterday when I walked by, so I had to, I had to make it through without him, Captain. Oh. And it was, it was sad. He said he snuck back inside. But no, it's just kind of funny. I, I get a kick out of Scratch. And it's amazing if you've... Uh, I'll have people like if I, ha- I haven't done a video of him for, hey, what's up with Scratch? He's okay. And I'll be like, well, he just... I, I'm not going to... T- Show video of him every time I go by the house. After a while, I get a little old. Well, I think you should. No, I don't think I should. And when he's <laughs> sleeping, I'm not going to wake him up. I'm not going to knock on the door and yeah. say, "Hey, Tops. can Scratch come out and play? I want to shoot a video so I can put it on Twitter." If he's out there and he sees me and he comes out, I'll take video of him. And that's how it seems is. seems fair. But no, his owner's a nice guy, and, and I like I said, I've heard their music. Their music's good. I like their music, and they've played in here twice. I think you yeah. guys have had. Mm-hmm. had yeah, no, mm-hmm. they're really. So good. where do they play? Just right in here? Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, I guess there would be room. No, no, they do. They, he's a good guitarist. He really is. And he's the owner of Scratch the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, cat. Uh, Uh-oh. What's he doing, Suter? <laughs> no, I'm not one up. You're going to two-up me on this one. No, she just woke me up at uh, 2.15 this morning. Tabby did? Why? Yeah. I, I don't know See, why. that would annoy me. I bet Scratch, I doesn't, I bet Scratch doesn't wake up his owner. I said, why are you waking Oh, Bucky yeah. does that crap to me all Yeah, the time. she woke me up at 2.15. That would and then drive me nuts. When I didn't move... She goes and wakes up the dog. Seriously, gets the dog, starts licking the dog's head and waking the dog up. Well, yeah, now that so I think about it, both up. Lakota would wake, I, especially if I would fall asleep out in the living room on the couch, about four in the morning, it would be completely dark and I'd hear a, hmm, 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 and I'd open my eyes. He, he, since I'm out there, 
he'd want to go potty. Yeah. yeah. If I was in the bedroom, he probably wouldn't bug me. But since I'm out there, and then I'd let him out, and then he would never come back in when I'd ask him. And it's pitch dark, and I'd hear him out there killing animals, and just it would just, <laughs> and it would it would keep me up for three or four hours, and it would make me mad. No, honest to God, they didn't want to go out or anything. They just wanted me up. It just was ridiculous. That would get old. Hello. Whoa. <laughs> hey, I, fake Doug. Hey, Pat. Hey, what? You know what other studio the owner are trying no, to okay, okay, No, no. <laughs> These are your people, Captain. Uh, ah, they're all my people. Although he all was directing them. that question toward me. You notice that? <laughs> yeah. all my Remember, we do have Humple calling in yeah. at some time right around this time, so let's be short. Hello? Hey, what do you think of Cat Scratch Fever? Huh. <laughs> the song, not nothing. Uh, yeah, it sucks. But I guess the, the the words take on a new meaning with now that yeah. I know. Yeah. Although that's about the only song. But it's a terrible song of his that I recognize. What about Wango Tango? Don't know Wango Tango. His music sucks. Hello. His music does suck. I agree with you. It really I don't, does. Politics aside, I don't care about that. It's bad. Yeah. I agree with you. Oh, he's. Yeah. Horrible. He's a degenerate and he's a pedophile. Okay, I guess we're. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't just you know gain control of some person's kid when they're fourteen and fifteen and marry him. At How 16. old was he when all that was going he on? He was like thirty. God, I couldn't imagine. I think I mean, he was. I think he was. What the hell, you want to be with a fourteen-year-old well, kid? That's just, just odd. You know, in, in addition was, to being he, illegal, he gained custody of. This kid, and then the Mary's. It's yeah, just it's weird funky. crap. He stay with her, huh? No, no. Didn't well, Jerry Lee Lewis do that too? He, no, he married his cousin. Wasn't she like twelve? No, I, I think she was fourteen. 14. <laughs> okay, my bad. Yeah, come on, don't, don't come don't, on. My bad. Pat. You're trying to dispel <laughs> yeah. a, a beloved rock and roll. <laughs> Hello. Right. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Is this Mike? This is Mike. Mike, okay. Hey, Mike. Um, we got former Iowa linebacker and current chiropractor Mike Humple on here. to. Well, we're going to talk about a number of things, Mike, but first of all, let's, I mean, we're gonna, obviously the, the hot news right now is a Tory Ewing becoming the, what is he, the world heavyweight wrestling champion of the yeah. world. And I wasn't aware until I, I think I read Halas's column that I didn't realize what an what impact you had on Atori. So you and Atori were pretty good friends here at Iowa. Just kind of take us through how you kind of, you and some people helped him, helped him kind of get into that um, line of work, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll just jump right into it here. I apologize if there's any background. That's okay. But um, I was, I was back. Uh, so Atori was a year younger than me. And I remember uh, freshman, my freshman year, we were in the weight room and, and all the assistant strength coaches were, in one of the offices, yeah, this is at the old football complex. We're going back a ways, but um, they're they got this this new recruits picture pulled up, and I think he had, he had committed it by this point. Um, he got it pulled up on the computer, and everyone's just kind of googling over this dude, this guy, and it's it's Etor's uh, high school picture. Just I mean, this guy just muscle bound. He was. I mean, he stands out among, amongst you know, and there's some impressive. Athletes on a football team, right? Sure. Oh yeah. And he, he tore stands out, and it was like, "Holy cow!" Like, who is this guy? Oh, he's coming here. He's going to be a D lineman. That, that whole thing. Well, comes and plays football. He has he has lots of injuries. You know, he tore his knee, uh, ACL reconstruction. Came back. You know, and those rehabs aren't easy. Comes back. Um, 
gets into into practicing against um, splits his, his patellar, That's or right. his kneecap, splits yeah. it open. So he's back on the injury again. Uh, rehabs, comes back, um, tears his pack, head surgery, and um, he just it was just one thing after another. He just couldn't quite. Uh-oh. Sorry, are you, still, are you still there? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're still here. He tore. He just couldn't quite stay healthy, you know, and it was just, just bad luck at that period of time. But uh, so he ended up, you know, this is over a course of a, few, a couple of years. He ends up just kind of medical redshirt, and he he's he's done playing, but he's still around the program, and always a super quiet guy. And I think he's. The way his initial college career went kind of put him in, for lack of a better explanation, kind of a depressed state. You know, he may even acknowledge, hey, I was, I was borderline depressed. And uh, so, so he was going to school, just kind of going through the motions. He was always a big workout guy, super strong. You know, he's a freak from that standpoint. And... I was so fast forward. Now we're towards the end. I was already out of college. Came back from Pittsburgh after some neck injuries. I'm training at the football complex. Coach Doyle and the, and the staff there. Um, he tore us training, so we became we link up more and, and spend much more time together at that period. And we're workout partners, right? Like, I, I mean, he has, to be frank, he has no business being my workout partner, <laughs> right? I'm, he's way. way way stronger than me. So I got stronger just putting the weight on and off the bar for him in between sets. Um, That's good. But so it was kind of fun and we do joke around about it. And, and, um, but he was still a pretty quiet guy. And so I'm a wrestling fan. My high school, I was a high school wrestler, went to a uh, national wrestling tournament in St. Louis that year. This was 2009, I believe. Yeah. Spring of 09. And, he tore, he didn't come with, but I come at the wrestling meet. I'm with a mentor of mine, and he was sticking around for the heavyweight match, mm-hmm. um, the consolations, you know, matches of the heavyweights. And I'm like, hey, what are you, what are you sticking around for? And he said, well, uh, you know, I ran in. He told me this quick little story about how I ran into Jim Ross on this airplane. Jim Ross was with the WWE and kind of found out that my mentor was a wrestling fan. Said, hey, if you ever come across any wrestling talent, let me know that you might be a good fit for WWE. Well, so my mentor, Mike's also his name, he shares this quick little story with me. I said, well, you know what, I, heck, I'll, I'll stick around and watch with you. I said, but actually, would they be opposed to a football player? Because I'm working out with my buddy right now that he looks the part of a WWE wrestler, yes, like superstar. I, like, I don't know if he's got the personality, because, again, he was pretty quiet at the time and re- really reserved, always very polite, nice, got along great. Um. And he's like, oh, well, you know, we can get his information and, and connect, the, connect the dots and, and see what they want, you know, see what make, let them make the decision. So I came back on Monday after the national tournament. We got our Monday workout. It's just he tore an eye in the weight room. Nobody else in there. Just, of course, the, the team's doing their own thing. And so we're, we're using the, the facilities outside of that uh, time. And I said to Etor, like halfway through the workout, I just said to him, we're on the squat racks, and I said, "Hey, Tor, what would you uh, what would you say if if I said you had an opportunity to to be a WWE wrestler?" He turned around. I'm not kidding you. It was like eyeballs wide open, face gleaming, big smile, and said, "I would do it." And I was like, 
holy crap. I kind of, I mean, it, it, it caught my attention. I remember that exact moment to this day. Um, how he just lit up like a Christmas tree. I was like, I would do it. So I said, well, funny you mentioned that because uh, I got a guy that would, uh, you know, can, can help with this. Let's, let's, you know, let's get the ball rolling. So we set up a lunch. Um, and, and he had to do a, uh, shoot a, a, a quick promo for, uh, for the WWE. They wanted a quick little thing. You know, they were all curious, like, you know, there's a guy on steroids, this and that, you know, not, a normal person doesn't look like this. And, uh, I mean, and if you know what you're I mean, that guy is, is the real deal, you know, uh, no shortcuts for him. And, uh, yeah, they liked it. They sent him back to, uh, down to Tampa Florida and that's where he's from originally mm-hmm. that's the developmental league and so it was a natural easy transition for him and uh, moved back down there and and you know 12 years later he's winning the, what the a universal story. championship wow. title I mean, belt so what pretty, 12 pretty years cool. so Mike did you see are you surprised that his personality has come out I mean the, the throwing of the pancakes and all that stuff did you see that in a Tory or is that a side of him that you didn't know was there until it came out um you know you really didn't know it was there he would yeah you know, I would try I always try to joke around with them and that sort of thing we actually had a uh, cross paths several times before which I didn't mention I had some knee surgeries as well so we were rehabbing together and those types of things. Um, and he, he, he did. Well, too, and I'd always kind of poke at him, like, hey, what are you, are you listening to me? And he'd kind of just, um, you know, be in his own kind of world, um, introverted, so to say. And then, you know, even now he says, uh, he says, I'm, 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 a, I'm an introverted person but i'm a budding extrovert there you uh, go. His way of saying it. he's we're very well spoken I like but that. yeah you really didn't you didn't know it uh, but i mean i think that just kind of tells you you know what you see on the surface a lot of times when somebody isn't doesn't necessarily describe their their potential or what you know what they believe or think about themselves so he just needed an opportunity and a chance and that was all we provided him with well the other that and i just it took a little bit of dreaming i guess on my part to say hey you know he looks apart and he has that character persona, um, so uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, just, it's just a great cool. story. No, it really is, and um, I know Captain Steve noticed this. He does a lot of charity work. Yeah, he does a lot. Of and um, f- and I, the way Kirk described, I mean, I remember a Tory being a very soft-spoken, very polite, humble kid when we interviewed him. Just very happy for the opportunity to play at Iowa and what have you. But he does a lot of charity work too. Just talk about that. Yeah, I can't speak to the specifics on what what charity work he does or doesn't do, but I do know he is involved in a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, he, he tours one of those guys. He's some people, you know, enter the spotlight or the limelight and have success, and you, you kind of forget a little bit about um, who they are or where they came from. But Etor has never done that. He's always he's always uh, you know stuck to his roots and. And uh, stay true to, to his to who he is and the things he believes in. So, and that really comes out, and I think that's attractive for his fan base, sure. and his broad, the broader audience, and, and people that that know him and, and watch him and like him. I know he still um, he still appreciates being a Hawkeye too. It seems like that's something that he takes a lot of pride in. I mean, you guys were former college teammates. Well, you can't it's- escape it. Yeah, you can only get one alum, you know, one alma mater, and it's a good one to have. 
Yeah, no. uh, I mean, he tours very. He's just the kind of person he is. He's very, very thankful for his opportunities, and so. So, uh, <clears throat> Mike, when I think about your time with the, the Hawkeyes, uh, in my mind, you're always linked with uh, Mike Klinkenborg. Uh, do you stay in contact with Mike? Mike's one of those guys. Yeah, we do. But he's one of those guys where he'll fall off the face of the earth for a few years, <laughs> and then call you on his way to town and say, "Hey, hey, I'm in, I'm in town," or. Or even better yet, he'll come to town, not tell you. Then you'll reach out to him, and then you say he'll be like, "Oh, I was just there on Friday." He's like Mike, <laughs> give, me, give me a call next time. You know, give me a heads up. But uh, yeah, Mike kind of does his own thing. But yeah, it's a it's a friendship that we probably need to spend a little more time on nurturing. But you know how it goes. Everybody yep. goes their ways and has their families and gets busy. And and uh, next thing you know, you know, five ten years has gone by. So. And I remember when you brought that up, you did, you were a pretty accomplished wrestler in high school. I mean, uh, and um, were those, were, were wrestling and football, were they your two best main sports in high school, if I remember correctly? Obviously, football was. Uh, yeah, re- wrestling, football, and track even. Okay. That's kind of, I even forget about that one sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I was probably a better wrestler in high school than football player, to be quite honest. Did you think um, about, pers- coach, coach, yeah. Did you think about pursuing well, wrestling? Yeah. In college? Uh, not really. I kind of made the decision in a junior year after that. I won a state championship as a junior, and I had to. I spent a lot of time thinking about it and where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, and I made that decision because you start getting phone calls at sure. that point. Sure. And I thought, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna uh, go wrestling or go football, and, and so I told the any wrestling coaches that. But probably in hindsight, it's probably dumb closing those doors because I didn't even have a football door open yet. That's what I was going to ask you. I kind of just made my made up my mind and went all in. I just kind of always been that way. So you had a gut feeling though at the time that you did you, you thought you were maybe football wise on the course of getting some Power Five offers. Uh, not necessarily. Really? That. Okay. No, I was just I was going to go the football course whether I had to do it the hard way or well, I mean, why didn't I really have the easy way? But whether I had to do it with or without a scholarship, I I felt if I committed to it, I could I could get to where I wanted to be. And you, so you could have seen yourself walking on at Iowa. If you would, uh, yeah, okay, uh, possibly, yeah. I was actually considering that over even the scholarship to, to you and I. I thought, I'm, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I believe that I could do it. I didn't, I didn't know at the time I could, but I, I believed, you know, that there was possibility if mm-hmm. I committed to it. So, I mean, your story is so common during mm-hmm. the Kirk Ferentz era. There's so. Iowa saw something in you, and boy, you rewarded them. But I mean, you came a, you became a multi-year starter. You did have some injuries. You brought those up. I'm curious, did your experience as an athlete lead you into being a chiropractor? Did they? I mean, I'm, did did they have something? To, were they connected? Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Well, the stuff you went through as an athlete, injuries and what have yeah. you, did that kind of steer you down the road of becoming a chiropractor, working with the body? Actually, it did, yeah. High school, my, my mom would take me to a chiropractor. Uh, yeah, you bumps and bruises, those kinds of things. She'd take me, and I always I always left feeling better than when I arrived. And I always thought, hey, there's something to this. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something good. And, I was, you know, as an athlete, you're always looking for looking for the uh, the next thing to get an edge, uh, you know, and, and, and help, you know, from a competition standpoint. So, um yeah, then I switched gears, and once I got to undergraduate, it was it, it came to Iowa was focusing on on football, 
and they didn't really have chiropractic around at that point in time, well, you know, not through the university. That's what I was going to ask of a, you. Kind of a medical college, so, um, yeah, it, it kind of became, you know, back of mind, and you got, you got busy chasing the football career thing. Sure. And then uh, once football career is over, then, you know, after college, after Pittsburgh, then, then I was like, okay, now what? Transition out of football, what am I going to do now? Well, I always did well in school and did my best and always liked health in the body and thought I'd be a strength and conditioning coach one day, but realized after going through that, that life myself as a player, I didn't really want to do that. Um, so... So uh, I revisited and thought, hey, you know what? I considered chiropractic before I entered college, so let me revisit that. Makes sense. And um, I mentioned it with my wife, our girlfriend at the time, uh, our fiance rather. Said, hey, I'm thinking about going back to school. She said, really? Uh, she said, for what? And I said, be a chiropractor. She said, I'm I'm on board. You know, so I had awesome. that blessing early on, which was helpful. And um, now here we are. Um, Opened to practice in North Liberty back in about well, four years ago, and yeah, serving no, the, an, the greater Iowa City. No, it's area. a great story. No, yeah, it's a great story. You know, and so I want. So, like, let's say an Iowa football player right now needs a chiropractor. Do they go? Do they have their own chiropractors now with football, or do they outsource? And was it different when you they, were there? Yeah, they do not. They do not have uh, their own chiropractor. Um, on staff. No, they they outsource, and so. Um, you know, we don't we don't advertise it, but I, I you know I'll I'll uh, you know help with that as they as they need. Okay. Uh, from time to time, um, it's not their main treatment focus. It's just it's a little different philosophy approach um, than than their kind of normal go tos. But uh, the world is is changing, minds are changing. Uh, you know, and so we're really focused on on collaboration and helping each other and everybody's got their piece of the pie some have a little bigger pieces of the pie mm-hmm. from a time and treatment standpoint but um they're all important you know you can't have the whole thing without a, every little piece so, oh, no that question and yeah. we're finding you know a performance enhancement and you know reducing injury risk and those kinds of things are uh you know all very important especially once you start talking you know power five football and and uh yeah all that sort of thing so we all know how big of a Think of a thing that is. Well, and speaking of Power Five football, I know you still watch the Hawks closely. I mean, you got to love this Iowa defense, and I mean, the, I mean, well, really, you can talk about all three levels: line, linebackers, D backs. But let's focus on the linebackers. You're a former Iowa linebacker, Jack Campbell, Cedar Falls. I mean, just you. I, I'm sure you've been pretty impressed with the Iowa linebackers so far. Yeah, you know, they're relatively uh, inexperienced, uh, but those guys are playing playing good football, and the whole. The whole defense uh, as a whole is, is doing well but they're playing with high energy and and doing what the coaches are asking them to do they're you could tell they're well coached as to be expected and um the thing I, that i kind of i don't follow necessarily personal stories too much but you know, i know jack campbell's from cedar cedar falls a big big guy strong guy uh but the thing i kind of notice about a guy like him is what his peers talk say about him mm-hmm and that's kind of one thing you you learn to value as a as a player, former players. What do your teammates say about you, and what are your opinions of your teammates? And when you start hearing guys on the team make subtle comments or references about Jack Campbell, he's a beast. These kinds of things, they're saying it for a reason, you know. Um, and so it's no surprise 
that he's he's having the success that he's having and playing, performing the way he is. Uh, and Seth Benson as well. Uh, you know, this I, we're just talking the, the starters. Uh, he's also becoming some big plays last weekend at you know, the Iowa State game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but it's, it's just good. it's fun to see, fun to watch those guys, and always always like seeing the Hawks have have success and do well. Well, what's been so impressive to me is their open field tackling. And Mike, you've been there. How hard is it to make yeah, an? Not, that's not easy to make an open field tackle in Power Five football. No, it's not. It really isn't. But it comes down to being in good position and knowing leverages, knowing you know where your contain is and who, where your help's coming from. Uh, you know, sideline, all those sorts of things. I mean, all of those variables play into making an open field tackle. So, uh, and sometimes it's just down to you know. Mano mano, it's just it's yeah. just uh, a lot of open space, and so you gotta. That's where that's where you just gotta you know you do your best, and sometimes sometimes it gets you, and, and hopefully more times you get them though. So if you think back to who you played against at Iowa, is there one maybe one running back or quarterback or somebody that you that clearly stood out as the what you felt was the best player you ever played against or the toughest player to defend? Is there anyone that stands out? Um, Anthony Gonzalez was that guy could wiggle and 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 go. He was a receiver, Ohio State at receiver. Ohio State. Yeah. Now now a uh, now a congressman. Well, but not yeah, but he he, uh, he just announced yeah, yesterday. He, he just announced yesterday yeah. that he's not running again. He's getting out oh, of politics. Not, uh, okay. Yeah, he can't okay. deal. He can't yeah. deal with the death threats. He said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a whole other topic. We won't go there. In, but yeah, he um, <clears throat> that guy had some wiggle to him. He, he did could cut and stop on a dime. It was. It was crazy, but um, fun. To, you know, it's fun to play against guys like that because you know it, it brings you up a level, and and you know, hey, you gotta you gotta get better. So you want to be the best, you gotta play against. That's the best. true. Okay, Mike. As long as we're talking about your playing days, why don't you uh, tell us uh, a story about your time with the Hawkeyes that really, really stands out to you, that really uh, exemplifies your time as a Hawkeye. Um, yeah, so earlier on we had we had a lot of success, um, Big Ten championships, those types of things, Capital One Bowl, the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, from a, from an individual player standpoint, and this, this, isn't, this isn't about me, but I guess we're, we're just kind of, you hear in my stories, I'll kind of share this this with you, or my perspective is, it just didn't really feel, you know, and the coaches always say, hey, you know, it takes everybody to be a team, and and uh, we need the scout team. And we need we need everybody from first year player, bottom of the depth chart, all the way to the to you know the star player. Um, we need them all, and that's a hundred percent true. But there's always a part of the. Uh, I, I feel like there's always a part of the the maybe the ones that that reach the top or get to the top. There's always a part of them that says, you know what, that's cool, but. I don't want to be a bench warmer. I don't want to. That's not why I'm here. Sure. You know, I've got more to give, and I got I'm more I want to be. And so, um, we ended up having. I started contributing more as a sophomore, and then uh, and then junior senior year started. Uh, played a couple of different linebacker positions, uh, which most people, you know, a lot of people haven't done or don't do. Uh, they're kind of stick to their one position and kind of and play it all the way through. And so you get a compound. Uh, you know your skill set and and in getting better at that position. So uh, we, as a as a kind of junior and senior year, we didn't have fantastic teams. We were media you know, five hundred. That six was and six, six and seven, right? Uh, 
Yeah, six and six, and then went, went to the Alma Bowl, lost to Texas, yeah. and we were um, six and six my senior year, and we did not go to a bowl game, which, uh, you know, those, those are things that sting in. You just never, you never let, completely are able to let go of those, but they're life lessons that um, you learn later on that they're important and and uh, taught you that, hey, you gotta you got to be at your best all the time or or you're not going to get the result you want. But to answer your question, I would say we were we were two and oh, I think we were two and four my senior year. Things were not looking great, mm-hmm. and we had then Illinois coming to to Kinnick. They were they ended up going to the Rose Bowl. That yeah, they, year. you're right. That um, was, you're right. Yep, yep. Juice Williams, Michelle yeah, Mendenhall. Hall. They had they had a bunch. Yeah, bunch of good players. Um, uh, Jay Lehman. Or uh, Jake, I think. That's right. Um, but anyway, they uh, they came in. They were rated uh, 15, 16, 18th, somewhere in there. And, you know, thinking they were just going to keep rolling, and we ended up beating them. It was a low-scoring game, I think 10 to 6. I remember um, so, it. I remember uh, it, see, too. From a, from, as, a, as a defensive player, we yeah, you know, we like we like low scoring games, or at least at least um, when the opponent doesn't score much. So, yeah. <laughs> and they had been putting up a lot of points at that point. Yeah, they had a really good spin. So, yeah, and it, it really turned our season around at that point. We ended up going four and two the last yep the last half of the season, but unfortunately, just that, that two was one too many. Um, so we we didn't get to a bowl game, but uh, yeah, that was probably. Probably the highlight or one thing that stands out is another good example of Iowa, Coach Ferentz teams, Iowa just never, never giving up no matter, no matter what and, and always competing and, and Kinnick was always a special place to play and, and still is. Um, and here talk, talking to guys around the league, uh, you know, at my short career in the NFL was you know, mentioning, uh, I'm talking to Antoine Randall um, in the spring mini camp one year, hmm. and he's like, "Oh, Iowa." He's like, "Yeah, I used to love playing there." Yes, I'll he bet did. He did. Yes, he's he... a competitor, but he, but his his point was, it was a really hard place to play. Uh huh. But yeah. he but he loved it. Most guys are. You know, some guys are like, "Ah, yeah, I don't want to play there. That's tough." God, he was good. He you know, wore us out. He was yeah. so good. He really was. Yeah. So, so Mike, uh, your your last but, game. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, nope, that's, that was it. That's, that'd be no, my, that's a good story, my, and I do remember. Experience. Yeah, your last game, though, was the loss to Western Michigan, right? Was that your last game as a Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, you did, you had to bring it up. Well, yeah, I mean, I know guys, these guys, <laughs> these guys were both there for that game. I hate to bring it up, but, I mean, no, uh, no, you guys had a bowl game on the line. Um, what, do, what do you think happened that day? I know it, you guys were the better team. You know you were. You got beat 28-19, to 19, I believe it was. Do you remember, I mean, how, because, you guys were both captain. You both talk about that game still to this day. Yeah, it was uh, it was so disappointing for us. So I can only imagine what it was for you guys. Yeah, that's kind of how. I, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it sucked to uh, <laughs> put it bluntly. And walking off the field, I remember getting booed off the field our last game. Like, really? Well, man, I didn't know, do that. Walking next to Klinkerberg, shoulder to shoulder, like, hey, man, not not how we envisioned this. Um, you know, like, would you ever thought getting booed off your home field? But that just shows you how fanatical the the, the Iowa fans are. No, you're right. And that's ninety nine percent of the time, it's great. But yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes it's sometimes it's not great. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, to explain what happened, we just 
fundamentals. It's usually, it sounds boring, it sounds cliche, but it is literally the fundamentals. No, it's you're all right. All the way up through, even through, you know, not, not making those open field tackles, you know, not, uh, not being where you're supposed to be, you're not making the routine passes and catches, all of that kind of stuff, you know, penalties. All of that sort of stuff adds up. Yeah, what did mm-hmm. you beat, right? And, and I remember, you know, Keith Butler. He was the linebackers coach at Pittsburgh. Even at that level, he would always say, "What are the two things that get you beat on defense? It's missed tackles and mental mistakes." Yeah, and and like it all boils down to that. You know, on our side of the ball, anyway. Well, you know, they so um, yeah. they were two and two the next year. Remember, oh eight, they were two and two, and they were you know the, the, they were struggling a little bit, and then. They um, made a quarterback switch, and then they rode Sean Green to the nine-win season. Then they won 11 two years after. Did you see – Did could you see the young talent on that roster when you left? Uh, were you surprised yeah. by how quickly they – or did you expect them to have a surge? Uh, no, you could see you could see that there were some young up-and-comers. And, um, you know, and there were some guys that weren't quite ready yet, even guys like, uh, you know, like a Pat Anger, who – and he'll, he's the first to tell you, like, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I was – not focused for the first few years mm-hmm. on campus. And when he made up his mind and then, you know, next thing you know, he's had a, uh, you know, fantastic career and NFL career as well. So, um, but, but it yeah, takes time see, though. I mean, I remember, I remember Tony Maki coming into camp as his, his for, true freshman year. So, you know, fall summer, summer camp, making incredible catches and plays in the back of the end zone. As you kind of look over and watch, watch the, uh, you know, if you're on a break or something, you, you just catch different things that happen in practice. I just remember looking over to the other field that one day, and here's Tony leaping in the air, almost similar to he had made a big catch like uh, back the end zone against when he was in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one-handed grab. You're like, holy cow, who was that? <laughs> like, oh, that's that freshman tight end. Okay, you know. But, uh, like, I'm glad he's on our team. Yeah, when healthy, he was really good. Very athletic. I got yeah. one last question for you, Mike, because I know you got to get going. Yeah. I know, um, And then I have And then last. we have two questions for you because I know you got to get back sure. into your training. But this is probably an easy question to answer because I'm going to assume. Is there one part of the body that is people ask for? Is it the back? Is that what you work on the most as a chiropractor? Yes, yeah. Number one patient for uh, – uh, n- number one reason for patient visits to doctor or chiropractor any healthcare provider is low back pain. Okay. So, it, yep, it's just that's the number one, and that's fortunately for us and for what I do, it's the, the number one thing we can help out with: low back pain, neck pain, and headaches. Okay. Those right. three things. Okay, that's that's, a, that's a great bread and butter. So. Okay, kind of thought that. People to, to see a chiropractor. Okay. If you got those things going. All right, and you're in North Liberty, and Tom's got one last question for you. Okay, Mike. Yes. Now this has absolutely zero to do with sports per se. So here's the question. Uh, Gary Barda picks up the phone and calls Mike Humple and says, Mike. Who who is that? Gary Barda. Iowa AD Gary Barda. Gary Barda. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Picks up the phone and calls Mike Humple and says, Mike, do me a favor here, buddy. We need your help. We need you to hire a band, a singer, or an act to fill up Kinnick Stadium. Who is Mike Humple going to hire? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love that one. That's a great question. And I have to answer this. But this is a kind of probably a controversial response, but I'm going to go with Michael Jackson. Okay. So, wow. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. He, uh, oh, he would have easily filled it. Oh, my God, yes. His time. I know, you know, uh, personal things aside, all that. I'm talking about performing. Oh, no, I agree. No, yeah. Impact, impact, uh, oh, impact yeah. On, on his, you know, his world when he was around. 
I would say Michael Jackson, one hundred percent. He was one of the very, very best entertainers without ever. Yeah, without question. Go, oh, great answer, Mike. Great hey, answer. This was a lot of fun, Mike. I appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy. And if we can ever work out something to get you and Atori on at the same time, let's try to do that down the road. Yeah, yeah. I reached out. I'm sorry, I wasn't. You know, it didn't work out. Oh, he's he, busy. I, I get it. He, of course, you know when you're the Universal Champ. I mean, of, yeah. the, of the universe. But the top <laughs> dog, you got you've got several interview requests. So um, he he was appreciative that we were able to get on and, and chat about his story and talk about him. Nothing but good things to say, but I, I, he, was, he was apologetic that he also could not be. No, and it's completely understandable. Call, so. We'll try to make it work down the road sometime. But, Mike, um, appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you bet, guys. Thanks. All right. Have yep. a good day. All right. Go Hawks. You bet. Bye. Yeah. No, I, I love talking to former Hawks. Oh, absolutely. And he did. He played from four, five, six, seven, and I mean, he was there for some really high points. But the six and seven were tough seasons. They, they were. He was good though. He was a multi-year oh, starter. He, he, was yes, he was a typical Iowa recruit, not very heavily recruited. But Iowa saw something in him. He needed a couple years to develop, and then by the time he was ready to play, he was a good Big Ten line. By the time he was a senior, he was excellent. He really. Yeah, was. and I'm not singling out anything, but part of what hurt. 07, they didn't get great quarterback play. I mean, Jake oh, Christensen no, was sure. very inconsistent. Very. Not blaming it all on him, but he just was very inconsistent. He didn't. And then when they finally shifted to Stansy full-time in 08, things started getting better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that 07 season, that 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 season sucked. Yeah, it, it sure did. I mean, did. Christensen threw the ball at the ankles a lot. Remember that? It was like he was a cricket pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad thing was that we were – tailgating with his folks and, and his dad was very involved i yeah trying I, to be nice about it i interviewed his dad once and he was kind of a dick yeah his dad was very hands-on put it that yeah. way but we were trying to be nice well oh yeah because you're a nice guy well you can't go to him well your, Gee, kid your sucks. kids suck it up. what has happened here jeff you know he was a four-star recruit oh, whose high school yeah. tapes looked incredible he gets here <laughs> But it also looks like he got here and put on like 20, 25 pounds. I mean, he got really thick and he couldn't move. He, he got was thick and kind of slow. Slow and he couldn't, he wasn't dual threat by any means, but he also was 6'1. He couldn't, he wasn't a pro style quarterback. So he couldn't stand in the pocket and over, look over defenders for receivers. He had to get out and scramble, but he couldn't. And then he would end up throwing the ball a lot at ankles and stuff. Yeah, he. Uh... Had, had a tough time of it. Yes. And he finished his career at Eastern Illinois, was it? Yes, he did. Yeah, I will give him credit. He he stuck out the rest of the season when he got beat out in 08, but you knew he was gone. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you knew he was. And then I think Eastern Illinois came to Iowa in 09, the year after he was gone. I'm sure that would have been a very awkward situation. When, if, when if, my if, son was teaching there, man, they had a bad football team. That's in Charleston, right? Yeah. Charleston, Illinois. So, but no, that was fun, and it's just the way that shows you though what friends can do for you. Though, I mean, Mike Tory was his friend. They're like, hey, give this a shot, and look what it became. I mean, it's incredible. And we'll get him on sometime. We'll get it. I would like to have them on both at the same time. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I think that would be fun. And um, but um, it, it is. It's a great story, and it's good publicity for Iowa football because Tory Tory's very. Outward about his connections to Iowa football, even though he had an injury-riddled career, he still takes a lot mm-hmm. of pride in being a Hawkeye. Which is which is great. And yeah, um, yeah. it's interesting. I wrote a I wrote that column about the running game the other day, and some people, you know, I some people kind of took offense, saying that I it's, it, it's misleading because um, Iowa didn't need to show much on offense in either game in the second half, and I just completely disagree with that. No, I, I don't. I'm not crock. buying that. Uh-uh. That's a crock. I mean, they no. I mean, okay if you're gonna just 
shut down your passing attack, then let's at least try to run then. But they couldn't, they're not doing either one. And I think it's great that they're 2-0. and All I wrote was that this running game has to get better if they're going to be special. Oh, completely. And I've had some people say, well, you know, you, that, you got to take into account that they were so far ahead. Well, that's even more reason to run the ball. Yeah, and that's how you stay ahead is yes. by running the clock down. And I never felt the Iowa State game was in doubt in the second half, but, you know, Iowa didn't pull. I mean, once they were up 27 to 10, you'd like to think that they would have just been able to run the ball, run the clock, but they couldn't do it. And Iowa State kept getting the ball back. I mean, they were, you know, they were an onside kick away from making it a one-score game. But I just, I just have seen the Iowa running game so many times in the past sputter and prevent this team from getting to a level, and that's my concern now. But to say that the offense basically just kind of put it in the lockbox in the second half, I don't. I don't, I don't buy I don't, it. I don't buy it. No. I just don't buy that. I think that's an excuse. No, We're, we have not run the ball well this year. This year, except for one play. One, name a year when they have ran the ball really well besides 02, 03, 08, and 15. 08. 08 and, and 15, those four years. But none of those years were they in the top three in the Big Ten and rushing. No. Nope. Not even close. I mean, the old people say automatically say, oh, 09. 09, they barely averaged 100. And, I mean, they were in the bottom half of the conference in rushing. It's incredible that they were able to win um, 11 games in 09. They, I know they had Wegger and Adam, but they weren't. They didn't run for a lot of yards. 15 was pretty good. I think they finished like sixth. I mean, it's, a, it's good for Iowa when they finish in the top six in the rushing conference. They mostly that's usually, kind of sad. They usually finish, and that's my only concern, is I think this team is built to win in so many ways. But I just worried. Time will tell. Time will tell. I just worry that the offensive. You're leaving now. Who's leaving? Only time will tell. Only time will oh, tell. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you guys tease me for watching Andy Griffith. Yes, we do and should. I watched seven episodes of it yesterday, and they were all great. They were all, every one was great. Any of the color ones no, in color? Never no, never was. Unless it's Barney coming back. I won't watch. The ones color. with Barney back. Like, well, aren't you guys elitist? Oh, I'm definitely elitist when it comes to Andy Griffith. I, listen, I've done nothing all summer but watch NCIS every night. And I, I haven't watched anything else. And I don't think I've ever watched NCIS. Oh, don't they, I don't doesn't think every, I have either. Doesn't every town have one now? Like, uh, isn't there like an NCS yeah. Muscatine? Yeah. That's and on Thursday nights. Morris, NCIS. NCIS Hills. <laughs> yeah. NCIS Rudd. <laughs> man, that's, this, man, this, well, this we show went fast. A couple interviews. So no, that, they, no, they were. Um, helps. Hopefully anyone who was listening, that reunion is not, it's not this weekend. <laughs> it's next weekend. If you were planning your weekend around this reunion, make it, push it back a week. It'll be the Colorado State game that the. Uh, 70 team is honored and i think that's like i said i think it's cool that i was doing that it would have been neat if they could have done it last year for 50 but i think it's neat that so many of them are coming back too well glenn vindovic lives here i mean i mean he's a fixture at iowa i can't believe here. stick hasn't been on with us he just does not want to do I radio know. i know we've asked him he's politely declined i've asked him gatens too. has reached out to him gatens has used all his power and influence <laughs> and persuasion and just physical threats and yet he still won't come on We've uh, from that team. We've talked to Chad Calabria and Freddie Fred Brown, Brown, Ken Grabinski. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, sadly, there's four of them are gone. Yeah, um, but no, I've reached out. You know, and, if, and I'm not going to nag somebody to beg them to come on if they don't want to come on. That's his. Oh, for you sure. You know, um, Glenn's very kind of private and just. Uh, but if he ever changes his mind, if you're listening, Glenn, you're more than welcome to come on because we would love to. I mean, we'd love to hear some of your stories. I mean, Gaten still says that Glenn Vindovic's one of the best, maybe the best all-around player to ever play at Iowa. 
Mike, Mike has said well, that. Well, it was me. sure fun to watch. Yeah, no. They, well, like I said, I don't remember, yeah. but I'll take your word for it and words of thousands of other fans um, who were there. And you would have loved the 56. If you were older, could you imagine if that if every, if that would have been like the 66 and 68 seasons where every led I would have – you would have enjoyed that more. You were just too young, right? You'd, right. I mean, you don't remember the 56 team, do you, at six years old? I, I, a little bit, but only because we had films – and we watched the Rose Bowl film ad nauseum from the 1957 okay. Rose Bowl. And we also watched, uh, we had a, a season highlights that my dad, inter, uh, you know, narrated. Oh, okay. So we watched that ad nauseum. Okay. So. What, like on a, just on a video? We, we had a projector. Projector, okay. And then also. I got a uh, DVD of your dad. Yeah? Uh, calling a game. Oh, cool. Did you get me that? Somebody got me that. that. I don't think so. You should bring it in so we can hear his dad. I want to hear his dad's voice calling a game. Could you, would you be able to do that sometime? I would think. We'd be able to run a couple yeah. of Not say the whole game, spend two hours. But I wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, this. It's the whole game. I we'll just mind find the game that we won. You know. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mind listening to your dad. No, yeah. he, had, he had a good voice. Yeah. Uh, I, the uh, sound that I hear now about with my dad's voice on it, it it's not quite right. It's a little higher. Yeah, pitched than his voice was. What do you mean? It, it's just the it's technology. The oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. okay. I see what you mean. The door, the voice gets kind of distorted. Just okay. a little. I mean, not drastically, but a little bit. He had a deeper voice than than you can hear now. Okay. So would he, when something good happens, would he get really excited? So like, my voice is no. going to get higher. He, he wasn't was like not, Zabel. No. Not okay. at all like Zabel. Oh. He was okay, okay. Okay. No, he would. But no, I wouldn't mind. We could do he that. He was someday. sober. We could almost have your dad. <laughs> we could almost have your dad be our guest for our show someday. Well, it'd be cool if we could. Yeah, that would be um, okay. But again, thanks to Ken Grabinski and Mike Humpel for coming on today. Enjoy two different conversations. And so is it, that it? Yeah, is I don't have it for us. <laughs> oh my God! All right. Is this only time will tell? Yes, it is. Hawkfanatic.com. <laughs> Check it out. It's free. <laughs>